What is up people, welcome back to Kickoff Sessions. You're joined with me, Darren Lee, and on this video, I'm going to go from the very beginning about how to launch a fantastic podcast and everything you possibly need to launch the best podcast from the very beginning. Before we get going, if you can subscribe down below and help this channel grow, that would be hugely appreciative. And it really helps to grow into for my new podcast, which are coming out every week, every Wednesday. So before we get going, when you want to kick off your own podcast, you got to consider a couple of things. Firstly, you got to understand your category and understand your niche. This is 100% the most important thing you do before you even look at buying equipment or trying to find your first guest. You need to understand what your category is and what niche you want to go down and what niche you want to focus on. It is often not good enough to say you want to have a business podcast because there's a lot of business podcasts out there and you need to get a bit more detailed and a bit more specific. If it's something like fitness, if something like fashion, you want to go a step lower than that and focus in on a specific area. Really lean towards your strengths. That's always number one advice really is what what are you interested in and what could you spend 30 minutes talking fluently on? Use that as a nice basis to get going. Once you figure out what your niche is and what specific topic you want to get into, the next area to focus on is audio equipment. Audio is 100% what we need to sort out at first. People want to consume podcasts in different ways. Some people want to listen to it on the go. Some people want to listen to it in the gym while they're working, while they're driving. That is why to have a clean, crisp audio is 100% going to keep you ahead of the curve. I think people that fall down in this area and focus on things that are not necessarily as important at first, they overlook audio and the importance of it. And then he will often listen, but then not be able to stick with your content for longer. So that's what we want to do. We want to keep people interested. Now, you can range a your audio production from $50 all the way up to $1,500. And I think when you're starting off on a basic budget, really the idea is to look at USB microphones. A USB microphone is something like this that plugs directly from your microphone into your laptop and really into your audio software. I'll get into software in a second, but really I'll focus on finding out the USB microphones and finding out what is the cheapest and what is the best approach for you in terms of value and what you can use. What I'd recommend at first is looking at a Toner Q9. I actually use this for over 55 podcast episodes myself on kickoff sessions, and it was 100% perfect. It also came with a, an arm, a mount arm here, so I can move and adjust it and see what fitted my style as well if I wanted to do longer podcasts and kind of relax. It was in around $75. It was super cheap. And a lot of people will go high-end and then that's not necessarily be able to use all the features of functionality. If you want to scale up from there, I recommend looking at a Blue Yeti, which can also come in a USB format, and also looking at something like a Rode NT. These are fantastic microphones, they're all-inclusive, and what they really offer is fantastic insight into you, the clean, crisp audio production with none of the drawbacks of having to take a step up and look at different uh, microphones. Now, the microphone I have at the moment is the Shure MV7. It is a little bit more expensive. I think I spent around 275 euro, which is about $300 on a microphone, but it gives a lot of flexibility because I can hold it close to my mouth or for, further away and I get a bit more um, of a bit of flexibility, essentially. The the problem, though, with having a microphone which is mounted like this is the fact that you do have to stay quite near it. So even though I'm recording podcasts with this at the moment, it's uh, not as comfortable as a microphone mount, which I can move around. And I think that's what a lot of people look for as well. 
The second type of audio microphone, which is for a higher budget, and you'll often see Joe Rogan of all people use them, is the XLR microphones. Now you will need an XLR cable for this, which pulls into another cloud converter box, but that is kind of higher end, I think, and I don't necessarily recommend it for people that are just starting. If you have the budget, I'd recommend going to that to that level, and specifically the Shure SM7B is really one of the best in class for this. Same with a lot of the Rode products, they have fantastic functionality as well, but you do need a deeper pocket for this. So getting started, launching it very first, I'd recommend a USB microphone as well as looking at your budget. I'll have everything linked down below as well so you can go check them out and see which one feels right for you. The next area when you're looking at this is you might want to consider video podcasting. Now video podcasting is a little bit more further on in advance, but I really think it complements audio production as well. Not a lot of people have started doing it at the very beginning, and if you want to explore that area, I think it's definitely something to look towards because we know YouTube is the second best um, SEO platform um, out there at the moment, so your content can really be pushed up a little bit further. YouTube is a hard game to crack, so I think coming into it with the expectation that it will be a bit more difficult um, than being indexed on, let's say, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but having that idea is a good approach. Now, one thing you need to consider with this is what type of video do you want to use? You could use an integrated camera that's on your laptop. I would not recommend a Windows camera. Those cameras are very, very poor quality. The MacBook camera is a tiny bit step up, but it's still not fantastic. What you can do is get your phone, your iPhone, and use one of the several integrators that you can use for this. Now, there's an app called Epoch Cam, um, which you can get the pro version for seven, eight dollars and turns your phone into a webcam. You can get a basic mount, a small little tripod for $10 and connect Epoch Cam to Zoom. Now, there's a simple integration with Zoom for this, as well as some other um, software for recording your episodes remotely. It's a good opportunity to turn to video podcasting. I did it for quite some time um, and I really thought it was fantastic, but I will also come with the caveat that it's not perfect. Epoch Cam has its drawbacks. It does drop off in signal. You have the option to connect with a USB. You have the option to connect with Wi-Fi. I use a USB, just your, you know, your, your, essentially your iPhone cable. And it was effective, but I still think that you need to just be aware of that because the quality is not going to be 100% perfect. That having said, there is some cameras that you can look at, and this is for maybe a different budget. If you want to go a step further, you can look at the Sony Alpha range, but one caveat to look at is some of these cameras are capped to 30 minutes of recording. Now, that doesn't sound like a big issue, but what if you're recording a podcast with someone and they're in the middle of a conversation and they're really interested in it, and all of a sudden, it just drops like that? That is not what you want to get into at all. You really want to keep the focus of your guest of yourself and not have to worry about it. Therefore, the camera that I'm using is a Sony Alpha A6400, which has unlimited periods for recording. There's a few other alternatives out there as well, including the Sony Alpha A6100 all the way up to the Sony A6500. These do not have that cap and they're pretty within range if you do have a, a deeper budget. Now, I still think you're looking at anywhere between 800 to 1400 euros or dollars. So maybe something to consider in the future, but video podcasting is a huge opportunity. Now we want to look at how we're going to edit them. So when you're looking at 
recording your episodes, we need to use several things. You can use Zoom for remote podcasting, which essentially means that I will record at my house, that my guests will record at their house, and we can use Zoom to record and essentially keep the files. Now, Zoom is fantastic as a basic level, and I'd recommend it because it's free. Use things that are free always, but it comes with a few limitations. One, the quality isn't great. It downgrades the video quality. Two, it also downgrades the audio quality too, so you could invest in an expensive microphone like this one and then not be able to get the full reward of it, which can be quite challenging. But really, there is a few other alternatives, and I think one which has been fantastic that I've used recently is Riverside.fm. This is a pretty cheap resource. It starts at $9 pretty much, and you get top quality up to 4k video production as well as high quality audio recording as well and the files are stored locally on their actual cloud storage which is fantastic because you don't have to take any of it really onto your laptop which can be quite difficult if your laptop does not have the same capacity really when you get that recording file though what do you want to do with it i think the main idea first is to use a basic editing software if you are using MacBook, I would recommend GarageBand. If I, if you were using Windows, I would recommend using Audacity. These are very simple. All you can do is pull in these audio files in there. You can see my uh, version of the clip, my voice recording, as well as my guests, and we can bring this into that software. If you'd like to see me do a tutorial on Audacity, please leave a comment down below, and I'm happy to do another video on that. When you find that essentially file though, what you want to do is edit that and actually export it as an mp3. Now we have our recorded podcast, which is in great condition. We have made sure that it's you know up to our standards and we want to use this on all different platforms. But what do we do with it now? The main idea is to pull that mp3 file into a hosting website. A hosting website essentially takes all of the different feeds that where you can get your podcast. So there are several different directories, which is Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, as well as many others, which are based in the US, as well as other countries too. When you have all of these different resources to you, what's really important is being able to get a good hosting platform. There are several ones out there. There are Anchor, there's Buzzsprout, and there's a few other ones that you can use that are actually free resources too. What I would recommend is using Buzzsprout. I've used Buzzsprout from the very beginning and I've included all information down below. What Buzzsprout do is let you upload your MP3 files, which we've used Audacity or GarageBand for them, pull them in, put in all the descriptions, get you listed on all the directories and also be able to instantly send them out to all the different platforms. That is really, really helpful because if you want to make any little edit, you're not editing them on different platforms such as Spotify and Apple. You can do it in one centralized resource and Buzzsprout is fantastic because you can do several different things with it. You can also look to put advertising in there. You can also look to put in pre-roll ads if you wanted to include things before and after your episode. And you can also make more dynamic content. So it's really a fantastic resource. I've been using it for a long time. They have different paid plans depending on how much hours you want to record. I record generally between four to six hours um, a month. And with that, I can just use one of the subscription services and it's very helpful it's very um straightforward and it takes care a lot of the heavy burden of usually what you have to do i spoke about directories and directories are also super crucial 
And that's what Buzzsprout offer. So if I want to go to every single directory, I can instantly upload my episode and within you know minutes, 30 minutes, everything is on those platforms. That is super helpful because a lot of the time you don't have the same functionality. If you're using your video podcast that I talked about earlier, what's important there is to get the correct software to use to edit your videos because we don't have the same feature on Buzzsprout to upload a video. So what I would recommend using is DaVinci Resolve 17, basic free software, pull in your video file that you've recorded, uh, whether it's from Zoom, uh, Riverside or whatever platform you use. And then when you have that file, then you can upload that straight to YouTube. So you're kind of running both of them inside by side. So if you want to do video and audio, you can upload the Buzzsprout and then go to YouTube with that video file. I'd recommend kind of posting them around the same time. Some podcasters put a bit of a delay between the two, but I think it's good to give your listeners as much opportunity to see your content on multiple different platforms. And I think using that is um, is a good approach too. When it comes to launch day, it's all about pushing out the right content at the right time. I think to start your podcast, you should launch with three episodes, really to give people a flavor of what you're interested in and the type of content that they're going to get. You know, it's not a good idea to just maybe launch just one and then people are kind of sitting and waiting. For me, I launched with three and it gave people a nice variety. And I think that really helped me at first because they saw that I was interested in several different topics and they could go and check it out, which was very helpful. I'd really recommend starting a social page with this. If you are interested in Twitter, if you're interested in Instagram, if that's where your listeners are going to hang out, I'd recommend just getting up and going and launching platforms on them straight away. Use some basic marketing at first. You utilize resources like Fiverr, which can be very, very cheap and inexpensive. Get a graphic designer to make your art for you, especially your cover art as well. If you want to create a good cover art, go on to Fiverr, check out some guys there and girls, and it actually will be very, very cheap. I recommend building out those social media platforms early on because it will give you a lot of leverage going forward. Things like this only increase. So if you start early, you'll get the advantages as, as the time goes on really into the future. And then it just becomes about recording on a consistent basis. A lot of people will be inconsistent with their recordings, but I think just getting a good rhythm and pattern is going to be very good to interact with your listeners. If you can only record once every two weeks, that's completely fine. Just let that be the cadence and rhythm that you want to upload. It doesn't have to be every three days or every five days like you see Joe Rogan do or some other really popular podcasters. You just need to find something that suits you and suits your rhythm. Podcasting can be very, very overwhelming at first. And I think a lot of people jump in and try to do several different things and it can be quite difficult. So finding that rhythm and just focus on the content. At the end of the day, it's just about putting out episodes that you are interested in. If they're interesting to you, they'll be interesting to someone else too. And that is very, very important lesson to take away. So if you enjoy this episode and you want to learn more, please feel free to subscribe down below. Also feel free to reach out to myself. Kickoff Sessions Consulting will help people launch, grow and monetize their own show. So the very best of luck with your own podcast and just enjoy the experience overall.